0: I got back at my homophobic father by pretending to have a boyfriend and bringing him over for Christmas dinner. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. Ever since I can remember, I've been completely and utterly under the thumb of my father. All of us have been. Us being me, my younger brother, little sister, and my mother. My father is a raging jerk. A male chauvinist, over-the-top macho type of guy. And growing up, I've always been the victim of his dislike, because I didn't really fit in with his image of the ideal son. I was, for lack of a better word, a bit of a girly boy growing up. I wanted nothing more than to dance and frolic around in dresses. When I was four or five, my mother had this big box of dress-up clothes. She brought it down from the attic, and I immediately picked out the prettiest, frilliest, golden-colored dress I could find. I pranced around in it and declared myself a princess, and that I was now a girl. This went on for a few months, but strictly during the day when my father was away at work. I watched ballet videos with my mother, a soft-spoken and open-minded woman who worked part-time as a social worker in those days. I was happy, careless. My father was and is an authoritarian figure. He had himself legally emancipated at an early age just so he could join the army ahead of time. After three years in the army, he left as a lower-level officer and started a career as a seaman. He was a captain when he and my mother met and had me. Later, he left his naval career and became a traveling salesman. Think Don Draper, if Don Draper was a 6'4 Western European man with curly graying hair and piercing blue eyes. I've always found him incredibly intimidating, and I think my mother did too. Anyway, long story short, he came home early one day. He saw me in my dress and told me in an icy voice go take that off after you take it off go sit on the sofa so i took it off little hands trembling and next he summoned my mother into the room demanded to know what the hell she had been doing to this boy i had never seen a person shrink so much so quickly i myself was like a tiny little fly on the wall at this point barely present he took the box with clothes up to the attic put a lock on it and informed us that we were not to touch it Until my wife gives me a daughter. It stayed there in the attic, untouched, until my sister was born ten years later. My father took more of an interest in my upbringing at this point. He took me to see navy ships, races, and made me go to martial arts. He seemed determined to make a man out of me, and in some ways he succeeded. One thing he allowed me to do was keep my long hair knowing I was bullied at school for it and wanted at times to cut it off for that reason. He insisted I keep my long hair, face the bullies, and beat the crap out of them every time they called me a girl to show them how much of a girl I was. I did just that. It toughened me up in some way, but it also damaged me in other ways. By the time I went to college, I had grown into a pretty normal dude. I wasn't gay, I wasn't even a crossdresser. although deep down inside I still had those urges. I tried desperately to fit in and be what he wanted me to be, but I also grew more and more resentful. In college, I made a lot of different friends, including some guys I met in an acting class we both took. One of them was pretty much your typical flaming and fabulous type of guy. He was as over-the-top gay as my father was over-the-top straight. I told him one night when we were drinking about my upbringing and my terrible father, and my friend, let's call him Paul, suggested I should get back at him. I asked him how. Basically, why not pretend like I was gay? But not just say it over the phone or something, or even to my father's face in person. No, much better. I'd hint for weeks in advance about having met somebody and being in a relationship. I'd say it was a girl. I would ask if I could bring Paula over for dinner at Christmas when the whole family would be there and I'd arrive at the house with Paul instead. So I did exactly that. I went to the house at Christmas, dressed to the nines, I told my father and mother that Paula was caught up, but she's about to come. I'll just open the door. So I sat down with my family. Cousins, uncles, aunts, my grandparents, all just as conservative as my father. I waited for a while. Heard the door and rushed to open it. Walked into the living room where everyone was gathered and introduced Paul, my boyfriend. I've never seen a room go so quiet. People literally gasped for air. My sister, brother, and mother looked both scared and amused. But everyone else was in shock. My father seething. He just completely lost it. Right in front of everyone. Veins bulging in his neck to the point where they look like they were about to pop. He told me to leave. Ordered me, essentially. My grandparents urged him not to make a scene, but he made one. I replied calmly how he should do it. Call the police and explain the situation to them. I knew he never would. He knew some of the officers well. It wasn't a call he would be willing to make, and it wasn't a situation he was willing to explain. I called his bluff, and he just sank. Like, he shrank before my eyes. My mother and grandmother had to calm him down. He walked out of the room, defeated. I just stood there, not believing my own eyes. I finally felt free, like I didn't care anymore. He had scared me for so many years, terrified me, and now I could see him for the caricature he really was. It felt amazing. Paul and I stayed the whole evening. He played his part perfectly. He eventually managed to charm some of my aunts and even my grandmother, who told me unironically how glad she was that I found such a delightful man, and that he reminded me of her favorite TV character, Mr. Humphreys from Are You Being Served. My father later came back to the room, sat in the corner, and refused to meet my gaze. He drank too much whiskey. My mother kept talking to him in a hushed tone of voice, and he kept making a go-away gesture with his hand. I stayed away from home for a while. I've already explained to everyone how it had been a prank. How I had to make a point and get back at my father for how he had treated me. Pretty much everyone sympathized. I didn't lose anyone in my family over what happened. But my father lost a lot of respect in people's eyes, I feel. He was always in control of things. He always directed the scene. But now he doesn't anymore. I do my own thing my sister does her own thing he cannot order people around anymore and i feel like a fool forever letting him i can now wear whatever the hell i want to wear enjoy whatever hobbies i want to enjoy and nothing changes he threatened to disinherit me that night he threatened a lot of things but in the end something inside him just broke all of my relationships since have been with women and i have since married and had my own children my younger brother came out as gay eventually but by that time, my now-aging father had mellowed down somewhat. And as he already had grandchildren and his legacy is thus secured, he didn't seem to mind too much. It helps that my brother is a muscular gym rat and that they can bond over sports. More than my father and I ever did. But whenever the subject of sexuality comes up, my father is still incredibly awkward. I don't think it will ever change. But I feel my revenge has been pretty successful in the end. He was being a jerk and somebody had to show him. I think our original poster handled this pretty well, honestly. He went to an extreme to show just how extreme his father was being in return, and it seems like the message may have gotten across. He wasn't happy about it at first, and it probably took a little while for the message to really set in. But the fact that his brother later came out as gay and dad was okay with it does show that there was some growth there. And I'm sure this interaction had a lot to do with that. As our poster said, he got a lot of backlash from the rest of the family as well. So maybe with it coming from so many different directions that what he's doing is wrong, someone was able to get through and it finally clicked for him. I'm really happy with how the story ended. Everyone seems to be in a better place as a result. I locked myself and my newborn in the guest bedroom so that I could finally spend some time with her away from my wife. My daughter is two weeks old. I've barely held her since she was born. My wife constantly has her. When I do get to hold her, my wife just starts crying hysterically until I give her back. I asked her why, and she said she was anxious that something would happen to our daughter, and that's why she felt the need to hold her so close. No matter how much I tried to reassure her, she just wouldn't let up. I practically begged her to just let me hold her so that my wife could shower, eat, and care for herself. But nothing worked. I felt like I was losing precious bonding time with my daughter, so I did what I thought I had to do. My wife fell asleep on the sofa with our child, so I took her, went to the guest bedroom, and locked the door. My wife woke up shortly after, very upset that our daughter wasn't with her. She soon realized I was in the guest room and begged me to open the door. She was crying, kicking, and screaming. I didn't open it, though, and spent a good couple of hours with our daughter in there. Apparently, my wife had called her mom because I got a call from my mother-in-law cussing me out, saying how I shouldn't be taking a newborn from her postpartum mother and other things like that. My wife has been furious with me and won't speak. And I'm just so frustrated because I really just wanted to spend quality time with my child. But maybe that wasn't the way to do it. Am I the jerk? Okay, so this is another one where I feel like I can see it from both sides. I absolutely understand how our original poster feels. That this is an important time with the baby and the way that the mother feels, he feels as well. He wants to be able to spend some time with his child as well. Now, that being said, yes, mother is going through a lot right now. I'm not a doctor and I'm not going to pretend to be one, but we all know about postpartum depression. I think it's pretty clear from her actions here that she doesn't seem to be behaving rationally. And to be honest, right now, it's kind of hard to expect her to be able to. I really think that she needs to talk to someone. This is something that she does need to get over. Her husband needs to be able to spend time with the child as well. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a doctor, but in terms of everything being fair and equal, the mother's behavior is over the top here. My sister's ex ruined her only birth experience, so I made sure he'd never forget her. When I was 14 and my oldest sister Sarah was 22, we found out that she was pregnant with Paul, her boyfriend of 4 years. They immediately got engaged and they were really happy, for a time. Sarah had a horrible pregnancy. About 16 to 18 weeks in, the wonder of creating a human life evaporated within her. She developed hyperemesis, which if you don't know is really bad morning sickness. She was in constant pain. She developed gestational diabetes and just all around hated the experience. Around this time, Paul, the then-fiancé, started getting sick of the complaining. I believe the argument was, Your body was built to do this, it can't be that bad. Sarah was due around Valentine's Day, and Paul's parents, Mr. and Mrs. Doe, were both very excited, both about the grandkid and the fact that he could be born on a holiday. She was very against that and really, really hoped that her son wouldn't be born on a holiday, even one as small as Valentine's Day. Her birthday sometimes falls on Easter, and she hates it. She was worried it might make him feel that his day isn't very much about him. Well, Mrs. Doe says something like, Well, if you name him Valentine or Valentino, then that'll make the day even more special to him. Again, Sister hated the idea. She thought it was so tacky. He'd be bullied for it and just really didn't like the name Valentino. Paul loved it, but agreed to go with a more average name like Daniel or Jared. Fast forward to February and she was ready to get this over with. Sarah had officially been put on bed rest because while standing or walking, her blood pressure took unexpected spikes and dips. I look back now, and I really do feel bad for her. She was doing her best to avoid giving birth on Valentine's Day because, again, she didn't want him to be born on a holiday. Unfortunately, births happen when they happen, and that baby was going to come on Valentine's whether she wanted him to or not. I remember waiting out in the waiting room with my dad, brothers, and Paul who couldn't stand being in the delivery room because it was gross. I was so mad that he could have gone in but wouldn't because he thought my sister was gross while giving birth. Whereas I had to stay outside because I was too young to go in with my mom and other sister. Dad went home with the youngest two brothers, while the oldest, Zeke, stayed to watch me because I refused to leave. Sixteen hours after Sarah went into labor, my little nephew was officially part of the family on the evening of Valentine's Day. Unfortunately, Sarah was not okay. She had to have an emergency caesarean section, and while doing the operation, discovered that the back of her uterus facing her spinal cord had a very large and very severe, thankfully non-cancerous tumor. When I say large, I mean it was twice the size of a standard uterus. The doctors were shocked and didn't understand why nobody had noticed it on an ultrasound. It accounted for her severe back pain and blood pressure issues. The doctors immediately went in for more surgery to remove the tumor, but sadly ended up having to perform a full hysterectomy. This meant that my nephew would be Sarah's only child. Now, while Sarah was in for surgery, Paul was taking care of everything baby-related to make sure his son was okay. In my 14-year-old self's memory, I remember him being suitably distraught, but I didn't really pay him much mind and spend my time in the waiting room with my mother and other sister. Zeke, however, wanted to be a good future brother-in-law and made sure that Paul was okay. He found Paul filling out the baby paperwork on his own, looking, in my brother's words, like he had not a single worry in his mind. Zeke asked why Paul didn't wait for Sarah to fill out the paperwork as she should be out of surgery within the hour, and Paul said he just wanted her to get her rest and heal. That checked out with Zeke as he was 16 and didn't know any better at the time. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. No, he wouldn't. He knows how much she hates that name. And still, she'd need to sign the paperwork too my fellow peoples of reddit i regret to inform you that paul forged sarah's signature on the paperwork and waited until she was out of surgery to hand said paperwork over my sweet nephew that was born on valentine's day was named valentino on his official birth certificate i still to this day don't know why paul and his family were so insistent about the name he had even picked out a different one with my sister and before you ask No, he was never brought up on forgery charges because his parents were witnesses to her signing the papers, even though they only got there at the last minute. So, Sarah dumped him and got her son's name changed a month later. She was willing to do split custody with him because that's her son's father, and she wants the kid to know him. But Paul vanished, and she never heard anything back, which seemed weirdly out of character to us, until a mutual friend on Facebook was tagged in his wedding picture six months later. Paul had apparently started cheating on her not long after she got pregnant. Sarah was livid, but there wasn't much she could do. So she filed for child support and continued to live her best life. Until six years later. And this is where the revenge begins, my friends. So Sarah has been a single mother for the past six years and has been amazing at it. At this point in my career, I've been a hairdresser for about six months at our local Great Clips. I'm working one day and who is seated before me but Paul's wife Jane herself. I take her back for a trim and she clearly has no idea who I am. That adds up because a mutual friend that still keeps in contact with Paul said that Jane doesn't know a thing. She has no idea about Sarah, that she was the other woman, or that Paul actually has a kid that he's been infrequently paying child support for. She's in the dark on it all. I told myself not to be a jerk and treat her like a normal customer, which I did. Now, at this point, Jane was heavily pregnant, so a lot of our conversation was about that. She loved being pregnant, but it was hard. Her husband was so unsympathetic, big shocker, and she was due in 10 weeks, and they still hadn't picked out a name for their baby girl. Ladies and gentlemen, this was my chance. I asked what kind of name she was looking for, and she said, I want something unique and unusual but not ridiculous like Bryant Leia. You know the kind of names I'm talking about. And Paula suggested so many already, and she didn't like any of them. So I, the conniving little weasel that I am, said, What about Sarah? My sister's name isn't actually Sarah. She was named after an older family member that passed not long before she was born. But there was no female equivalent for this name, so our parents created one. It's a beautiful name and just what Jane was looking for. She loved it, she stuck by it. And I found out by stalking her Facebook months later that she had put her foot down about it and that was their daughter's name. Now Paul has a daughter with his ex's name to remind him every day about her and to also remind him to pay his child support. Little Nephew is 10 years old now with a new name and no contact with his biological father. Though we do still sometimes call him Val as a family nickname. He likes it but doesn't want to bring it to school so it's staying a family nickname. Sarah pretends to hate that we call him that, but in a joking way. As long as he likes it, she doesn't have a problem with it. And she's seeing a new guy who's really great and like a father to Val. But thank god she got rid of the other jerk. This story is almost too perfect. I really, really hope this is real. All the pieces came together so nicely in the end. And yeah, screw this guy. He deserves it. The only issue I have is what happens when Jane finds out about all of this. I mean, surely he can't keep it a secret forever that he has another kid that he's paying child support for. And I don't think she would appreciate being a part of this little joke. As funny as it may be. But honestly, I'm glad Sarah ditched this guy and she was doing well on her own. Sounds like he only would have just caused stupidity and problems along the way. My mom made me apologize to my siblings for trying to take my own life. This happened when I was 12. I didn't grow up in the best household. Forced homeschooling, no sports or outside activities. So really, I was stuck home all the time. My mom taught me things while homeschooling, which was just me in the background watching her teach my siblings. I'm the youngest of four, but... Anyway, that's really besides the point. The main one is that I was incredibly depressed. I tried to take my own life in the bathtub and got close to passing out before my body of course forced me up for air. As a child, I freaked out because I knew what I was trying to do, but not exactly why. So I quickly got dressed and went straight to my mom. She then proceeded to ask how I tried, made me show her the bathroom, and then just shook her head inside. Called all my siblings to the dining room, had them sit down, looked at me and said, Do you want to tell your siblings what you just tried to do and apologize? All I remember thinking was, is she serious? But bit my tongue and told them anyway. I tried to take my own life. I'm sorry. There wasn't really a reaction. My two eldest siblings kind of just shrugged. But then my one sister that's just a year older later told me that she was happy I didn't do it. So, yeah, it was never talked about again. I'm not even sure if my dad was told. There was many other attempts later in life, but I'm 21 now, still depressed and have self-body image issues. I live with my boyfriend of six years and barely talk to any of them now. I really don't think I was being the jerk here. Uh, yeah, no kidding. This has got to be one of the worst mothers I've ever heard of. What kind of reaction is that? Like, there barely was a reaction. Most parents would be completely distraught over something like this. I don't understand how she could just shrug it off so easily. There's really not a lot to build on on this one. She's a horrible mother and I think anyone is going to agree with that. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.